everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go to zbooks.co and go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. It's at the top of the website. Just click on the link and it'll take you there. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And today I have a fellow expatriate in Germany, but he's not from Germany. He's an award-winning thriller author. So help me welcome Mark O'Neill to the podcast. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Not bad. I'm, I'm not doing bad at all. Uh, we're having a pretty warm winter now in Germany after the snow. And where are you? I'm in Würzburg, just, uh, just south of Frankfurt. Yeah, south of Frankfurt. Cool. And, and um, So let's get that out of the way. What brought you to Germany? Um, well, my wife, basically. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> In her arms. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I worked here for quite some time in Germany uh, doing various hotel and restaurant jobs. And then eventually I met my wife and I moved down here. Cool. Because this is one of my challenges. I write in English and I want to do live events, but I'm in Germany. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast was to contact my American friends and, you know, keep the contact in America. So um, what is your, um, your experience with writing in English, but living in Germany? Well, I mean, obviously, um, writing in English is, is fine for me because obviously of Kindle and iBooks yeah. and so on. And so it's easy to get my books published. Um, the problem, though, being in Germany, of course, is that I can't do any live appearances right. uh, because my German um, <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired because I'm <laughs> writing English, and so I'm not speaking as much German as I should be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, going into bookshops and doing live appearances and all the rest of it, it's kind of a little bit out of my league at the moment. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so on the one hand, you, you want to write in your native language, but on the other hand, you want to get out there and meet people and for them to get to know you and you can't because of the language barrier. Yep. Well, me, me and you are in the same boat. Maybe we'll have to uh, make some kind of expat book conference in, in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. So you are a thriller writer. Tell us about your newest book. Right. Well, um, when I started writing uh, fiction books back in August of 2017, mm-hmm. I was thinking about what to write. And, you know, I was originally going to go with the whole, you know, macho guy in the CIA or macho yeah. guy in British intelligence, you know, the usual stuff you know, that people yeah. go for. And then I thought to myself, God, that's so boring. You know, I mean, everybody's doing that. And, you know, yeah. how, how am I going to stand out, you know? Because, you know, you've got all the big authors writing about the CIA, you know, saving the world. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy books and say, oh, yawn, you know. (laughs) So I thought, I need something to stand out. I need something that's going to make me stand out better than the rest. And so I realized two things. First of all, um, other countries don't really get the attention that they deserve when it Mm -hmm. comes to books and action and adventure. Um, I mean, when was the last time you saw a film about German military intelligence? I mean, never. <laughs> no, World War II films. Yeah, okay, World War II films, but apart from that. Yeah. And um, basically, everyone in these books are all men. And mm. I thought to myself, well, you know, this is the 21st century. This is not the 19th century. Mm-hmm. This is not Sense and Sensibility, you know. I mean, women yeah. can hold their own and kick butt and you know everything that a man can do and I thought so why don't I make my main character a woman so I decided that I would do um, a a series set in a fictional German intelligence unit Mm -hmm. led by a woman cool Uh, so if you don't mind I'd like to quote you Uh, I don't know if I saw this on your website or not but you say instead of the oh James type of woman who go to bed with the spy 
My spy is a female who is a complete and utter bitch who works in a man's <laughs> world and who has to be a rebel to prove herself. I love that. I love it. I love it, man. I mean, do you use that on your descriptions for all your books in Amazon or? <laughs> uh, well, not, not exactly in that blunt language. You know, I mean, some ah. people object to the B word. You know, oh, yeah. I've had, oh, I've yeah. had some women say, well, I, I, like, I like the idea of a leading female character, but I don't like you calling her a bitch. You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> Sorry, but she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's the edginess that maybe attracts the readers. Because like you said, I'm tired of boring books. You know, I don't want the nice chick or guy or the politically correct baloney. Maybe, you know, I haven't read your books, but maybe maybe that's working. Oh, well, I'll send you a free copy. You can have a read. Oh, yes, yes, do, do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean I'm up to uh, book 10 now. Um, wow. I've written, I've written. Let me see, five full-length books and five short stories, mm-hmm. and um, sales are not exactly fantastic at the moment. But mm-hmm. uh, I can see it slowly starting mm-hmm. to make some ground. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm very optimistic for the future, and I've had quite a lot of people email me and say that they've enjoyed reading the books mm-hmm. and um, how original it is to have a female in charge and to have another country saving the world for a change and yeah. <laughs> but yeah. of course you know you always get your detractors you always get you know some crazy people saying well why do you have a woman in charge and yeah, why is in charge and so, you know isn't it annoying you know you write a book and then um i mean i have books i have a lot of non-fiction books and some people are just thanking me and thanking me because they they broke the barrier and published their first book because of some free book i wrote and then, you know, and then you get the one guy out there. Oh, your your book sucks. It doesn't talk about Word or Microsoft. You know, that you, you know, yeah. yeah what are you going to do? You know, when somebody criticizes my books, I just say to them, "Well, I said, well, when when you've written your book, you send me a copy and I'll read it." And there I'll you say, go. Everyone's a critic. And that always shuts them up because they know yeah. that they can't write to say. Yeah, but that. the problem is, you got that one star in Amazon. And I always call up Amazon and try to have them remove it, you know. Oh, I, no, 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 no. The one star is a badge of honor. You know, you've got to <laughs> but I've got you enough know, of those already. I don't want more badges. <laughs> you know, as the saying goes, if you're pissing somebody off, you're doing it right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, right, you, can't right. have, you can't have everybody to be a fan, you know. So yeah. if you've got some people complaining, then you must be doing something right. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I always exactly. look upon these reviews as like, well, great. You know, I'm annoying somebody. Fantastic. Yeah. I like that attitude, but you still have to have some good ones as a buffer, you know, at least 10 or, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, with my books, I'm very fortunate that I do have a lot of people leaving very good reviews. Cool. And with the, with the few that are leaving bad reviews, I just laugh them off. And I yeah. just say, well, it makes, cool. it, it makes the positive ones more authentic if there's also a few negative mm. ones. So how do you, do you have a method for getting reviews? I just ask for them. I mean, at the end of every book, I say, you know, if you like the book or if you didn't like the book, uh, if you could leave a review. And, you know, I try to make it sound like, you know, the, the fate of the book is in their hand. So I say, you know, you can make or break this book by leaving a review. And, you know, oh. that makes people powerful because then they think, yeah, my review can really break this book. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> that's an interesting one. I haven't heard that one before. So is that exactly what you say at the end of the book? Yeah, I just say, you know, um, a review can make or break this book, you know, and, uh, you know, the number of reviews I get can determine what what book deals I get. And Hmm. so I I try to I try to tell people the the benefits of Hmm. getting reviews. And I often find that a lot of people are very um, willing to help. They're very kind, they're very generous. And, you know, and especially if they get the book for free. They're, yeah. you know, they're happy to, to do me a favor in return and leave yeah. something. Even if it's just to say, like the book, thanks. You know, at least it's yeah. something. That was um, my next question. Are you doing the, um, the, the first book for free method? Well, I was. And then I decided to start charging a dollar for it because mm-hmm. I often found that if people got the book for nothing, then they attach no value to it. Mm-hmm. And if there's no value to it, then they're not going to read it. It's just yeah. sitting on their Kindle and mm-hmm. or their whatever they use to read books, and they're not just, they're just not going to read it because they never yeah. paid for it. Exactly. But if, if they paid even a token amount for it, 
yep. then they're going to read it because they want to get their money's worth. Mm-hmm. So even though it flies in the face of everything that people say about, oh, yeah. you must let, you must give away the first one for free, yeah. I'd try to charge at least a dollar so that people feel invested in actually reading it. Well, you know what some uh, big gun authors are doing is they do the fr- first book for free, but then once it gets like 20 reviews, then they kick it over to 99 cents, you know? Right. Or, okay. or so many amount of reviews, you know, or so many sales, you know, once it's doing good, then they switch it over. So it doesn't have to be permanently free, you know? Yeah. Oh, I see. The thing is, is that, you know, obviously I'm trying to make money out of this. Yeah, you know, of course. When, when I write a book, you know, I, um, I'm looking to turn a profit as quick as possible because of course. I put a lot of work into all of my books and a lot of yeah. time and sweat and yeah. swearing and all the rest of it. So, you know, I don't really want to give it away for free to too many people, you know? No, so, no, no. Uh, so how many, uh, yeah. So what's the typical word count for your books? For a full-length book, it's anywhere between 30,000 and 50,000. Okay. And for a short story, anywhere between ten and 20,000. Mm-hmm. And just um, the story. I don't yeah. really stick to a rigid word count. I kind right. of uh, just let the story go where it goes, and then I stop the story when it's finished. And, mm-hmm. and then, I, you know, that just determines how long the story is. So some mm-hmm. stories are 10,000 and some are 15,000, one mm-hmm. is 20,000. It just depends how far I can stretch the story. But are you in, uh, do you have an outline first? No, no, no. I'm a pantser, you know. I'm oh, yeah, a pantser. Uh-oh, you must be advanced. Yeah, I'm just one of these guys that just starts typing and then goes off in all directions. Because that was my next question. What's your process? <laughs> Sorry, am I ruining your questioning here? No, 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 no. It's exactly, I mean, you're, you're, it's exactly uh, along my line of thought. No problem oh, there. Because no, right. I don't meet many pantsers. Oh, you got to outline. You got to outline. You know, so, so that's why I'm really interested. How do you do it if you're a pantser? I mean, um, don't you end up where you don't want to be? Well, there's a lot of big name authors out there, like really big name authors, like Jeffrey Deaver, for example, mm-hmm. who say that they write the equivalent of a book, mm-hmm. which is just their outline, and mm-hmm. then they start their actual book. And I think that is just so much time, effort, stress. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, that, to me, that's not writing. That's a very uh, clinical approach. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, you know, yeah. you don't leave yourself much wiggle room to change things. Do you? Yeah. I yeah. mean, to me, the, the magic of writing is that you don't know where you're going next. You don't know mm. who's going to die next. You don't know who's going to sleep with who next. You don't know mm. who's going to get shot next, you know? So if you, if you kind of make it up as you go along, then you mm. kind of, uh, along the way, you think, oh, hang on, I've got an idea. This person mm-hmm. could do this. Mm. And yeah, there are times when I write myself into a corner and I think, damn, what do I do now? Um, but again, that's just part of the process for me, you know, and mm. um, to me, it's a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting if I just don't plan it. Yeah, that's interesting. I couldn't do it. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just making my first forays into fiction and uh well i suppose with i suppose with non-fiction you do have to make a plan yeah um but for for fiction i I could never make a plan for fiction yeah Yeah. i I find fiction so much funner and interesting than non-fiction but um okay anyway what's what's your genre it's it is uh uh science what do you call it um I don't, is, is there a name for, you know, like um, AI, artificial intelligence and cyber something, science fiction, but not hard science fiction, cyber, cyber Cyber something. Cyberpunk or? No, I don't know if it's, if there's, um, uh, because I just did one or two and um, like I said, so right now I'm transitioning. I don't have the time yet to do all of these books. So I have to clean up all of my nonfiction stuff so that I can really spend the time on fiction. And, so, uh, so are, there, are there any famous, famous published books that you could compare it to? Hmm. It's along the lines of, ah, it sounds like Matrix, you know? It's one of those. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so like a kind of a fantasy computer generated world. Yes, exactly, exactly. And nothing yeah. is as it seems. Oh, what was that one, uh, the new one that they made a movie out of? Um, 
the well, big thing. <laughs> Ready Player One. Ready Player oh, One. Right. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I've read yeah. that. That was a good book. Yeah, yeah. Very good book. And uh, so mine is more, uh, you, you know, you could say it's in that genre. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't write that genre myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm more into the thriller kind of area, the, the, the Jason Bourne type of books. Yeah. That's cool. There's probably more money in that. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> well, made no, any no, money I, with fiction. I've yet to see the money, so I don't know. Well, I was going to ask you, um, are you using Amazon ads or Facebook ads? Have you tried those? Um, I have been experimenting with Facebook ads mm-hmm. since last year. A um, bit of um, mixed results there. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody swears by Facebook ads, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly where I'm going wrong, but uh, I I am trying to sort of see, you know, where I can, you know, where exactly I'm falling down because I'm sure I'm doing something wrong. Uh, I'm trying the Amazon ads as well, but the fact that they they take, I mean, you know, they take so much money already off you. Hmm. A part of me is kind of a little bit resentful that they're asking for more money in the hmm. form of Amazon ads. So you think to yourself, well, you know, if they're already taking all of this, you know, why should I get them another however much in Amazon money, in yeah. ad money? So I'm trying to sort of uh, stick to other platforms like Facebook, uh, hmm. BookBub, for example. Have you tried BookBub? Yeah, and I had dismal results, but, you know, I'm not an expert either. I'm pretty good at Amazon ads pretty good at facebook ads and uh so i'm looking at your books on your website and i see you have some good covers and so i mean i have a thousand tips uh but um i always recommend amazon ads i a matter of fact i have a free uh master class on my facebook page zbooks.co and where i show you the whole thing about amazon ads and uh it actually was previously a course of mine, and now I updated it on Facebook. Uh, you know, I was using the Facebook Live. So it's kind uh-huh. of rough. I was getting used to Facebook Live. But you can go there. They're all free for now. And, oh. uh, and check that out because I'm a huge fan of Amazon ads. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know what I was doing in the beginning, and they worked. And, right. so, and it, was, it wasn't just beginner's luck because they kept working. And then I right. did them again. So um, – I got a ton of tips for you on that. But um, if you're using Facebook ads, though, um, you could what, what's really super-duper hot that gets you super-duper uh, cheap clicks is anything video. And, for example, slideshows count as videos. So what you can do is you can make a slideshow of, like, three of your books, and it's called um, a, a slideshow ad. And what will happen is it will show your three books and then it will tell you which ones the people like the most. So you could test, for example, your covers that way. So, for cool. example, when you're, doing, uh, when you're giving away a free book, your free lead magnet, whatever you want to call it, you, you can test the covers with it. And then, you know, you, you, you see which covers people respond to the best. And then they're hopefully going to your, you know, clicking on your ad and then going to your landing page and getting the free book or the 99 cent book. Uh-huh. And then what, what is so powerful about that is that you're building an audience because then afterwards, Facebook will tell you, you know, you, you can make an audience and retarget them. So you can retarget people that watched your slideshow for five seconds, people right. that watched 90% of your slideshow. And this kind of replaces your email lists where you don't have to email people. You, you build an audience in Facebook and then you retarget the ones that uh, watched 90% of your video or slideshow. And so, and that is, is working really well because basically, if you think about it, it's replaced, it's kind of like the email sequence, but why send them to email? Just keep them there. And then you, and the people that watch 90% of your slideshow, then you show them kind of like a video sales letter afterwards. Yeah. Right. And you, another one that's really working well in Facebook are the automated ads where you go to your page and you just click on that and it will pull up a bunch of images or you have to choose them but it will automatically cycle through them. So you, you choose all of your book uh, uh, covers. And then again, it, you can choose like six different ones and it will automatically show you which ones are getting, you know, the most engagement. And so uh, those are working really well too. And okay. um, I, do, uh, I do Facebook ads mainly to a free book uh, so that I can build my email list. And then on the thank you page, you, have, you must have an upsell so that you can try to recover your advertising fees. And also, 
Yeah, so the thank you page is super duper important. I mean, if you're, if you're going to do it, I mean, the thank you page is mandatory to have like even a 99 cent upsell on the thank you page, you know. And uh, so because I'm, I'm, I've been hearing from the big guns and the gurus that if you send people to your Amazon page from Facebook and the people don't buy it, that, that would turn, uh, turn down your conversion rate in Amazon and the algorithm in Amazon might say, aha, this book's getting a bad conversion rate and it might penalize your book. So I have not confirmed this yet. Yeah, right. plus, Amazon, plus Amazon won't tell you nope. uh, who you can retarget either. So, you know, it's mm -mm. not like you can retarget all these people later yeah. where Facebook yeah. would give you that information. Exactly. And that's what's so cool. You don't even have to put a pixel on your website. No tech whatsoever. So basically, you're putting the videos or the slideshows in Facebook. And it's the same thing as an email list. You know, you got your, your, your engagement stuff. You're the first video they see. And then you can see how many people were engaged and watched it and then you send them the next one where it's probably a pitch for your book you know and so this is a really powerful one i'm testing that this year and i'm going to make a course out of it so i'll, I'll show you when it's done okay cool yeah. well, i mean a couple of years ago um when i was thinking about starting uh, to write um i did something called the self-publishing formula mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of mark dawson oh Have of course of course he's ignoring me he's ignoring my emails i keep trying to get him on my podcast you know <laughs> <laughs> okay well um I, I i signed up for for his course as well so ah. i've been doing his his facebook ads course and uh, he does uh, amazon ads courses as well and so yeah. on so I mean, I'm going through all these things, but obviously it's so much information to process yep. and, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's obviously not a subject that you can just jump right into, is it? Right. Because you've got such a yeah. steep learning curve. I've heard it's a good course, though. And it's a very good course. And, mm. and the thing is, is that once you paid for it, then every update is free of charge. So he ah. doesn't charge you for the updates either. So yeah, once you're in, you're in. And you get, uh, he's going to do Pinterest ads soon. He's done. He's 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 doing them. They're, they're already there. Uh, how uh, have you tried them? Uh, I've looked at them briefly, but yeah. I'm not really a big Pinterest person, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, I just try to focus on Facebook, Twitter, yeah. uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah. I figure if I spread myself over everything, then I don't have time to write. Oh yeah, you're you're telling me, man. I'm I'm more scattered than anybody out there. That's why. I really like Pinterest, but no, I'm, I'm going to focus on the Amazon ads and the Facebook ads. So uh, if you get uh, what I'm trying to do right now is tighten up the funnel so that when they go, you know, to the free opt in that on the thank you page is there the upsell or side sell. And so, yeah, to get that positive return of investment. Right. So I'm, yeah, but I've noticed that Instagram is also becoming a very good um platform for selling as well uh, yeah. people are always um leaving videos on yeah. instagram and pictures of their books and uh, do you have any experience there um well i mean obviously i put pictures on my books there and i put short videos on on there and uh, so on but it's it's obviously something that i'm still experimenting with so it's yeah. not something that i can say i'm an expert about yeah uh, but um, I am looking into it, and so far I have had quite, um, I have had quite encouraging um, signs that it's working out. So you should try that yourself. I'm, I am trying it. I'm just learning Instagram now, <laughs> you know. And like He's said, quickly setting up his account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I like about Instagram and Facebook. You don't, you don't have to do all of this pixel stuff anymore. You, you can, you can put the pixel on your website, but. You don't need to now with, with the video audiences. So it's, it's really cool. It's tech friendly now. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, enough about me. What about you? How about, um, uh, okay, were you, were you telling us about your new book? What happens in it? All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, the, um, the fictional department, which I hope is fictional. You never know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, German military intelligence. Basically, this department is called Department 89. It was originally called Department 99. And then a friend of mine said, do you realize that another author is using Department 99 for zombie fighting? Hmm. And I said, oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so my wife and I were sitting one night trying to think of um, other department names so i was coming up with department z and 
department, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. And I thought, you know what, I'm just sick of this. I'm just going to call it department 89. And so now everybody asks me, why 89, you know? <laughs> but I don't have an answer for that. Anyway, um, department 89, they are the German Chancellor's personal hit squad, basically. Ah. And they are the people that she turns to when... Uh, conventional law enforcement can't deal with something so <laughs> if there's no evidence or if there's uh you mean like angela a, merkel no well no i don't i don't call her Ang- angela merkel in the book so i, I call her claudia meyer female chancellor yeah but, but i mean i have to admit though that when i'm when i'm writing about claudia meyer i do think about merkel obviously, <laughs> but obviously i can't say merkel because then you know i might get a few complaints you know so yeah. um because, you know, obviously I've got her as a certain type of character, you know, and I don't think Merkel would like that very much, but anyway. So, yeah, so uh, whenever there's a, a terrorist situation or some problem that needs to go away, she turns to this unit and says, right, you know, you deal with it, you know, get rid of it, you know, mm. get rid of the evidence. And this is what they do. So, you know, it's a bit like Jason Bourne, I suppose. I suppose it's a bit like J- James Bond in a way. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of licensed to kill, do what you have to do. Mm. You know, and I get, I get a lot of fun out of it because, you know, I try to put a bit of myself in every character and yeah. uh, I try to put my humour in it as well. So it's not all serious and death and all the rest of it. I try to put some jokes in too. So, uh-huh. yeah. so if you're a thriller author, so this is totally, you know, not, I don't know anything about it. Um, how do you create tension in your scenes? create tension in my scenes uh well i always find that killing somebody off unexpectedly always helps <laughs> uh, in, my, in my last book i kind of went a little bit overboard and i ended up killing two of my main characters that's what happens when you're a pantser you know you're just kind of writing <laughs> along and then you think okay that guy's dead <laughs> and they're like oh you know what i'll just kill this one as well you know <laughs> and I, I had a few readers email me afterwards say i can't believe you killed both of them <laughs> <laughs> hey but you're getting emails from your readers so at least that you know yeah, okay, but then you get some people emailing complaining that you've killed yeah. them as well. So, you know, which is better, you know, the fact that they're they're upset or the fact that they're they're angry, you know, it's but um yeah, so that, that that creates tension. You know, you get people who um you know, the readers don't expect that this person's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe show their vulnerabilities a little bit, you know. So I try to have um my characters to have one at least one flaw in their character mm-hmm. so they're not perfect by any means you know they're, they're damaged goods basically a little bit <laughs> yeah um, so that, that creates some tension as well you know because uh as i said my lead characters are complete and utter bitch with a <laughs> with a psychotic streak so you know that always helps with the tension and the mm. you know so what's going to happen next and who's she going to shoot next and I, I heard you have a lot of female fans readers <laughs> Well, uh, I have a, a lot of fans of my female lead character. I wouldn't say that they're fans. I don't. I wouldn't say that the that I'm the I'm the one that they're a fan of. They're, yeah. they're a fan of the character. Um, yeah. I have a lot of readers who email me and say um, that they are very happy to see a strong female lead character because they're sick and tired of the woman being the. The, the add-on accessory, if you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the pendant. You know, sort of swooning at the male spy, you know. Yeah. So to, to see somebody who's um, taken seriously and who's strong and, you know, takes on the men and on their own ga- at their own game, you know, mm-hmm. they, I, think, I think that's what they like more than anything else. Do, do you know uh, the, the um, percentage of male versus female readers that you have? Um, it's actually, I wouldn't say I know it exactly, but I mean, judging by Facebook analytics uh, from the ads, I would probably say it's somewhere in the region of about 60 to 70% female. Wow, that is cool. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we, I, do, I do have some male fans who are big fans as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, I think the whole female boss 
the character kind of appeals more to the female audience. Yeah. And also to retired females. I don't know why, but huh. it seems to appeal more to females over the age of 55 to 60. Huh. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, well, I wonder if Facebook's analytics are, are really, you know, accurate. Well, I don't know, but I mean, from what I from what I read in emails from readers, because I say to them um, when they sign up for my email list, I always say, you know, email me and tell me about yourself, because mm -hmm. I am interested to know about them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them do say, you know, I'm female, I'm retired, I'm I live mm -hmm. wherever America, Canada, Britain, wherever. Um, but a lot of them do seem to say that they're retired and they're either. Um, former government or their former military or hmm. their former law enforcement or you know it just seems to attract a certain type of person yeah yeah so uh, which authors have inspired you inspired you uh, you mean as in the thriller books well, or just who's your favorite author well um, every year I read the Sherlock Holmes stories religiously because hmm. I just really? love Sherlock Holmes yeah, over and over, the same books. The same, same books. I've got yeah. like the, the collected editions of all the, all the stories. So once a year, I, I get the book out and, you know, I do the, the annual tradition of reading them again. Uh, <laughs> as far cool. as the fellas are concerned, I read Daniel Silver. Do you know Daniel Silver? Uh, nope, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, you should read Daniel Silver. He does, he does a book about an Israeli intelligence spy. Ah. Uh, and who's also an art restorer. So that's quite a good character. Who's also a what? An art restorer. This is what ah. he does. He's not fighting for Israel. He's an art restorer. Yeah, you know, the Mossad are the best assassins in the world. I think they've got yes. the world record. And, well, this, uh, this, this character is the chief of the Mossad. Ah, there you go. There you go. So mm. many good books to read. How do you choose which ones to spend your time on? Well, I have a I have a little list of um, a little list of authors that I I like to read. So, um, you know, I mean, I I used to read so many more authors, but then in the last couple of years, I started to seriously cull who I was reading because I realised that a lot of my of the authors that I used to like were not really writing so well anymore. Hmm. Uh, they're writing the same boring crap all the time. You know, they were phoning it in and. You know, they were basically using their name and their reputation to rely on people buying the books. Yeah, and with so, ghostwriters uh, and stuff like that, too. Yeah, not, well, not just ghostwriters. Uh, writer, ghostwriters. Ghostwriters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there were just some authors that, you know, they just think, themselves, well, you know, because I'm so-and-so, people will buy my books. Mm. even if the story's mm. bad, you know, and so I just decided to stop reading them. So yeah. I, I still got a small list of authors that I really like, and so I, I try to read them whenever they bring a book out. Well, that's uh, another question of mine. If you're writing series, I mean, after a while, you do get into this groove, and they do become similar, don't they? Well, yeah, but see, that's the thing about thriller books is that you can come up with all kinds of uh, stories, you know, I mean, I, I get a lot of my stories from reading the news, you know, I mean, I got my last story from reading the German news, and and so you can kind of sort of take current affairs, uh, you know, rip from the headlines and, yeah. you know, like twist them around a bit and convert them around a bit and then you know, you've got yourself a whole new story yeah. and, you know, and there's also other things like you know you can look into the the backgrounds and the past of your characters and uh, you know you can sort of do spin-off series with those characters and you know there's lots of different directions that you can take these things yeah uh, I mean eventually I will have to I will have to do something else eventually I can't do this all the time so I'm, I'm under no illusions. I'll have to obviously stop at some point and do something else. But uh, yeah. I can still see a lot of uh, potential in the series that I'm doing at the moment. Cool. So what's the name of your newest book? The one that's coming out in six days on the 20th of <laughs> February is called Above the Law. It's a short story. Uh, mm -hmm. it's about 50, this one's about 15,000 words. And it's available for pre-order now on ah, Amazon. Cool. Yeah. Are you? Oh, you're there, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's available right now as pre-order on Amazon. 
yeah, and the, the first one in the series is called The Renegade Spy, and that's for 99 cents. Renegade, I'm writing this as you speak, Renegade Spy. <laughs> if you go to sign up at markoneal.org, Okay. You can, free, you can get a free copy of the book if you sign up for my mailing list. Excellent, excellent. I will put the link in the show notes later. Sign up at markoneal.org. Yes. HTTPS and, and sign up markoneal.org. Ah, perfect, perfect. Okay, I will link it up in the show notes too. Great. So. Where were we? The Mossad being the world champion assassins. <laughs> well, uh, I think, well, yeah, well, I mean, that's a matter of opinion, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure you get every country claiming that they're the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the CIA would have something to say about it. Yeah, that's um, kind of like, you know, who's, who, where's the official leaderboard? You know, who's going to fess up to it? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's not exactly a competition, is there? Where you can sort of decide definitively once and for all. Yeah. So, uh, you say you read Sherlock Holmes every year. So, what what's your favorite book? In Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, your favorite Sherlock Holmes book, and then your favorite book of all time. Oh, for God. yeah. Oh, that, that, I got you here now. I got to get get you for you know. <laughs> That's a tough one. Oh, come on. Um, let me see. Um, the Sign of Four for Sherlock Holmes. Okay. And the favorite, favorite, most favorite book of all time. Oh, God. Oh. You have a favorite know. author? Oh, He's favorite like, author. Well, yeah. favorite author, Daniel Silver. I like Daniel Silver a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read a lot of children's books, actually. Um, ah. I, I mean, I, I like the Chronicles of Narnia, for example. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was another one. I can't think. Can't remember what it is now. My brain's gone to mush. Oh yes, I like Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh yeah, of course. So the of Hobbit, course. Lord of the Rings. Of yeah. course, you know everybody likes Tolkien. Oh, there's some uh, massive, um, massive analytics out there. I think next to the Bible, only J.R.R. Tolkien comes close. You know, he's like the second most sold author in the world besides the Bible. Something like that. Something astronomical. Yeah, I just, I just found out the other day they're making a biopic movie about him, about his oh, okay. life. Yeah. So cool. it looks like he's the latest author to get the biopic treatments, you know. So. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe you will be next because uh, tell us about, <laughs> yeah, tell us about some of your awards. You've, you've, you've won some awards. Oh, well, it's not exactly the Nobel Prize for Literature or anything or the Pulitzer Prize. It's just... <laughs> um, Book Works, Book of the Week, and Reader's Choice Awards, which sound impressive, and I'm sure they are impressive, and I'm very happy <laughs> to get them. And but um, you know, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not sort of bragging to people about it. I mean, I put I put them on the book covers, and I put them on the Amazon review pages, and you know, and it helps a little bit, I suppose, with the sales, but. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't go around, you know, putting it on my business cards or anything. Well, the Reader's Choice Award—that's not chopped liver, you know. That's a a pretty big one, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Somebody nominated the book. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and so I just said to I said to the people on my email list, "Could you could you vote for it, please?" And people on my list voted for it, and I won it. So nice, nice. I thought, okay, well, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So, so we're now that we're talking about email lists. So, what is your favorite list building or marketing tactic? Uh, well, the, the, uh, offering the first book in the series free of charge is always the good one. On Facebook or what? Well, I I also do promotions on BookFunnel.com. So, um, ah, yeah. So you know, people go to BookFunnel and they go to, it used to be called InstaFreebie. I don't know what it's called now. They changed the name. Yeah, to Prolific prolific Writers or Prolific Something. Yeah, Pro- something prolific. stupid. Something stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so but is it working find, for you? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you get lots of freebie hunters on things. And so um, obviously a lot of people do um, unsubscribe after they get the book. Uh, it's obviously very annoying because you want them to stick around. Mm. Um, so there is a bit of a turnover rate on it, but I would mm. say that on the whole, it's worth doing it because you do get some people who stick around and they, they turn out to be quite good fans in the long run. But isn't um, Insta Freebie free? Only up to a certain point. 
and then ah. you have to pay for it. So um, I find the book funnel is much better. The book funnel you have to pay for, mm-hmm. uh, but I find that you get, well, I don't want this to sound snobbish, but <laughs> I think you get a better class of reader on book funnel. Yeah, you qualified, more qualified leads or whatever you want to call <laughs> well, it. You're getting lots of Insta freebie people now saying, I, I object to that characterization. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it goes back to your original point about, you know, perceived value. If it's free, then, you know, what kind of readers you're going to get, you know? Yeah, okay. But I mean, obviously, you know, you want people to, to discover your work and they want people, yeah. to, you want people to take a chance on you. Mm. And so you've got to give them a low entry barrier for them to take a chance on you. So if your book is either free or 99 cents, well, then it's not so much of a risk for them, is it? If yeah. it turns out to be a bad book. Yeah. So, you know, I can see that I can see the, the advantages of not charging too much or, ch- or charging nothing. Yeah, you know, but um, I prefer to get something rather than nothing. Well, you know, I um, turning point for me was uh, I don't know who said it. Maybe it was uh, another author. But you know, my God, you know, people pay five dollars for a coffee in Starbucks. You can pay three bucks for my book, even if it's the beginning book. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and how much do people pay for rock concert tickets? And, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, how much does Beyonce charge for her concerts? Yeah. And, People are like, oh, yeah, I want, I want five tickets, five tickets, you know. But then when you ask $5 or $10 for a yeah. book, they're like, oh, no, that's so expensive. You yeah. sell it. Yeah, I've heard of people, I've heard of authors getting death threats because they had their books in Kindle Select and they took them out of it. And now the people were just, uh, you know, outraged because they couldn't get the next book for free, you know. And, death threats. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, though. You know, I mean, people pay five bucks for a fancy coffee in in Starbucks every day, and they can't pay three dollars for your book. You know, that's I don't know. I'm 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 kind of turning on that. You know, I'm I'm not. I got my one free. I got a lot of free books though, but um, I I'm not uh, uh, afraid to charge anymore. Especially when you're running Amazon ads, then I'll pump the price up even. You yeah. know, right? And yeah. It, experiment and, and turn yeah. the price up well see the i never thought i'd hear myself saying this but the one thing i learned from donald trump was that if you want to sell something you have to exaggerate it yeah so, yeah you know, whenever whenever he was whenever he sold a building or he sold yeah. whatever oh, it yeah. was selling he would always exaggerate and he would always say oh this is the best and this is wonderful and you know you have to have mm-hmm. this and buy this and you know and then i realized to myself well that's probably why you know he did so well at these things yeah. because he knows how to sell something yep. and this is what authors have to do they have to they have to sell their books they have to know the things to say to people you have to make people feel that they're missing out on something mm-hmm. if they don't read your book and so I think a lot of people who I've talked to over the years have, have basically said, well, I'm too afraid to do that. That's not me. I can't, I can't sell. I can't promote. I can't exaggerate. And so I do said, you have any hacks for that? Or- well, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't lie. I mean, I mean there's a, to me, there's a big difference in exaggerating and lying. So, you know, I wouldn't say that my book is like number one on the Amazon bestselling list. Yeah, or anything. yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, if I, if I say that people liked it, which people do, then I would say to other people, well, you know, that's, people are talking about it and I've won a couple of awards about it. And, you know, and so if they like it, then you'll like it. And, you know, you just got to try and yeah. stand confident and be confident and, you know, and just hopefully your confidence will rub off on them. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Donald Trump because I got a free audio book. That's over 10 years old. It's something like um, how to something, something and kick ass. And he talks <laughs> about what you were saying. And, you know, the one guy was um, the online learning school. I forgot. The guy from New York that started this uh, learning school where, where, um, where celebrities come in and teach something for like one hour. So uh-huh. kind of like the predecessor to these masterclass series. And right. he tried to get Donald Trump. And Donald said, uh, uh, you know, you got you to gotta do it for a million. You know, that's not enough. And, and he made him 10x everything. And he was kind of, he, you know, he motivated him to be even more successful. And he said, Bernie, if you want me, you got to 10x it. You know, I want a million dollars, you know, because. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And so, yeah, and it, uh, interesting book. And what's even funnier was he was talking about how great Hillary Clinton and the Bill Clinton family was and all this stuff, you know? <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, it was a, amazing how things changed. Eh? Uh, it, was a, it was a good read or listen. Uh, so um, I'm looking at your website and I see you do have one book in German. Stats find how is your what's your experience with with translation and publishing in German? Well, that's the renegade spy book in German. So I mean, um, you know, as 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 things often are in Germany, you've got to come up with another name, mm -hmm. and you've got to make sure nobody's taken the name first. Hmm. Otherwise, you could get sued for stealing their title. And not in America, though, huh? No, not in America. I mean, in America, you mean you can have like a hundred books all with the same title, mm -hmm. but here in Germany, you know, you're only allowed to take in a title that nobody else has taken. Wow, they really watch out for that in Amazon. Yeah, I, th I think I think a lot of people do, um, and so there's people who already have stats fine. But this is why I put on at the end "Kampf ohne Regeln," so uh, "War Without Rules." So yeah. that kind of makes it a new title. Yeah. And and so um, you know, it's it seems a bit overkill to me that you know you have to have a a unique title, and I don't understand really that the whole reasoning behind that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in that too because um, did you know uh, that uh, the German authorities shuttered Gutenberg.org in Germany? I think it's back now. Oh, it's back now. Yeah, because. Just because um, uh, they weren't even right, they were just suing them, you know, and it wasn't a problem in America, these books, because, you know, open source, 77 years, and in Europe, it's the same law, 77 years, but, you know, it's kind of like Sony Music was um, suing a lot of people on YouTube because they had a version of Bach, which was in the open domain, you know? But it's, it's the Sony version of Bach, and, and you're using Bach. How can they claim that Bach belongs to them, you know? And so it's the same thing going on between, uh, was going on between the German authorities and Gutenberg.org. They were just bluffing them out, you know? And it well, they're, just, they're, they're suing because they have the money and the means to do it. That's yeah. the only reason. Rip-off artists. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think, but I think now that Gutenberg is back now, because I think it wasn't that long ago that I checked and I was able yeah. to get onto Gutenberg. So yeah. um, it looks like that's finished now. Thank God. Yeah. So you're right. You know. So that in, and they're real sticklers about the title. So I see you put it in the is that in the subtitle, and you put the words really small so you can barely see them on your cover. <laughs> well, you know? well, that wasn't that wasn't intentional. I think that was just the way the design of the book cover worked out. Okay. So I was trying to get you know the the Bundestag you know in the right place and get yeah. the, the the lettering in the right place, and it just we just had to shrink the shrink mm -hmm. the text eventually. So uh, <laughs> you know that's that's not me just kind of thinking. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I don't I don't want really that. I don't really want that. But you know. So do you uh, have an extra Amazon account for .de or are you publishing for your .uk or .com account in Germany? Oh, no, no. I just put it all on my .com account and then it instantly puts, it instantly yeah. puts all the books on all the Amazons. See, this is one of the things I want to clear up because I, I want to make run Amazon ads in Germany. So I think I have to make an extra account, Amazon.de or something. Well, I've no. only I've only run ads on Amazon.com, so I don't okay. know about Amazon DE. Hmm. Uh, but when you're doing your author page, you only have to do an author page on Amazon.com, hmm. and it'll instantly put it on yeah. all the other Amazons for you. So you don't have to set up separate pages. So how's your book doing in Germany, the German book? Uh, slow, because it's only been out for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, since the end of January, it's been out. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm also finding it a bit difficult to to get publicity in Germany, which I'm very surprised about, because mm -hmm. I thought you know, I could sort of, you know, send out press releases to the local newspapers and the mm -hmm. local radio stations, and you know, mm -hmm. tell them all about it, the independent author in their area and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, people don't seem to be the papers don't seem to be interested. They seem to see mm -hmm. it as a um, an effort by me to get free advertising and to. Yeah to publish to publicize myself and, and you know some of the papers are even asking for money for you know, 
because <laughs> yeah. they think that, well, if you want advertising, then pay for it, you know. And I'm like, yeah. well, this I thought this was news, you know, and I thought yeah. you cut the news, you know. Yeah, so. it's called a release, a book release, and they need content too, huh? Interesting. Yeah, so uh, you know, I kind of thought to myself, well, I'll get in, on the front page of the local paper, and you know, the sales will start coming in, and then. And then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, like, like, no, don't call us. We'll call you, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. Germany's a different market because I'm thinking, you know, it, 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 France, Germany, UK are probably less saturated than Amazon.com in America. So it might be easier to penetrate the market here. But um, yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, somebody said to me the other day that all I all, all I have to do is just uh, email book journalists and mm. send them a free e-copy of the book, mm. and it doesn't cost me anything to send out emails and to to give out e-book copies. And you know, even if I send out fifty emails and only a couple of them bite and write something, well, yeah, you know, at least I got something out of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm was, thinking of doing that next. I, I was thinking uh, Facebook ads uh, targeting Germans. Yeah, uh, as I said, I've not really had the chance yet to to really look into all that yet. I've uh, I kind of been burnt by a few ads, you know. I've, oh yeah, uh, that <laughs> happens really fast in Facebook, doesn't it? Yeah, you you put you put a, a, like a limit on the on how much you want to spend on Facebook ads, and suddenly it's more than the limit, you know. And then yeah. Yeah. just how the hell did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I have uh, I've done that where you yeah you put five dollars per day. Or or ten dollars. Let's say I put ten dollars per day. So I was monitoring this one ad. I forgot the rest of the setup. If I was going, I, I think I was going for clicks, and um, so it got you know forty clicks or something. It was up to it was up to I don't I don't remember two dollars or something. And then it was ticking down. The clock was ticking down to midnight, and then it ha it spent then seven dollars for one click just to hit that ten dollar goal per day. You know, so I don't run those kind of ads anymore. What I do is I, I, I limit the CPC to, you know, whatever, 20 cents, whatever, 50 cents, and then uh, give no end date. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, yeah. so that they won't try to hit the daily goal. Uh, yeah, Facebook ads, man, they're pretty uh, Turkish. You know, in German, yeah, they say if, Turkish. <laughs> if you want to know what organized crime looks like, just look at Facebook. What? Sorry, what did you say? I said, if you want to know what organized crime looks like, look at Facebook. Well, you know what I call it? I call it FBI book, you know, because ever since 9-11 and, and George Bush there and his Patriot Act, the FBI and the NSA, they have front door access. It's not even back door. It's front door access to all of these social platforms. So if you have Gmail, Facebook, whatever, uh, the FBI sees it first, you know. So okay. anyway, that's another topic. That's a topic for you. <laughs> You're into that stuff, right? Well, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. I'm not really into the conspiracy Oh, no, theory. it's not a conspiracy theory. Edward Snowden uh, let it all out. And there's the, the, the project or the program is called the PRISM program. Uh -huh. And that's how they couple onto the uh, telephone providers and get all the data before Facebook does. So um, no conspiracy here, my friend. <laughs> well, I suppose if, I suppose everybody has always known that if you put something on Facebook, then yeah. you may as well send it out into the world and you'll, yeah, you'll never yeah. be able to get it back you know yeah. so you know if, once it's on facebook everybody knows about it the funniest thing is the naivety of some people you know in america there was this one guy who was on probation you know so he has to report to the police every yeah. five hours or five days and he was on a vacation in jamaica and he and uh he was posting things on his facebook profile but his probation officer is his friend in facebook right <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, they, I don't know if they sent a plane down there or something, or they put the handcuffs on him right when he got back. You know, thanks How for telling me where you were. You know, <laughs> how did you catch me, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's your ah, evidence? <laughs> Never underestimate the stupidity of mankind. I say, anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure the police are quite happy that people are stupid. It makes their job easier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the networking, all of that stuff. They don't have to search anymore. They just go straight to Facebook. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> so okay back to you back to you okay i'm gonna get into some juicy questions now if you could have dinner with anyone past present future alive or dead or who would it be uh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh 
I would probably say if my fictional character, my lead character could come to life, probably her. Ah, yeah. That would be cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I have to admit, I've got a really big soft spot for her, which is <laughs> a fictional character. But, uh, you know, it's kind of when you spend a lot of time developing the character and deciding, you know, what her flaws are and what her um, good sides are. And, uh, you know, you kind of develop a bit of an affection for her. I'm not saying that, you know, obviously I'm not, I don't sort of think to myself, God, I love her. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nothing like that or anything. But, you know, you just kind of think to yourself, you know, I'm quite close to this character. I like this person, you know. Yeah. And this is why I'll never kill her off because, yeah. you know, once you once you once you really develop these characters and make them three dimensional and mm. and give them a backstory and uh, you know it's just you know they, they grow on you and I'm sure yeah. a lot of authors would uh, would agree with me on that that when when they establish a series and they establish characters uh, they get close to these characters and they don't yep. want anything to happen to them so yeah now you know why they were so mad when you killed two of them. <laughs> well, they, they, well. In my defense, they weren't any of the main characters. They were two, okay. of, two okay. of the supporting characters. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you ever get writer's block? Uh, I wouldn't say writer's block. I would call it more procrastination. Yeah. Uh, or as I, or as I call it, Facebook syndrome. So, <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like I need to write, but what's what are people saying on Facebook at the moment? You know, so. You know, I end up getting distracted looking at this and looking at that and, oh, I could have a nap and I could watch TV and, you know, so I think it's more procrastination rather than writer's block. Yeah. How long have you been writing? Uh, in one sense or another for the last 30 odd years. I'm now oh, wow. 40, I'll be 44 next week. Oh, nice. And, um, so, you know, I've been writing since about the age of... 10 ish okay when so, did you publish your first book well that was two years ago that was my first okay. book two years ago. before that i was writing for newspapers magazines oh uh, other websites um you know things like that i went to journalism school and i cool. trained to be a journalist so you know as i said in one way or another i've been writing for most of my life nice nice so what's your take on all of this fake news stuff Oh, God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'll be another part. Maybe we'll do a Facebook Live about that or something. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe we could, yeah. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if you, if, you're, if you went to journalism school and you've got an affinity for journalists and you, yeah. you, you, know, you support journalism, then obviously, you know, your instinct is to support them and to, yeah. and to believe in the news and to believe in the importance of the media. Uh, and so, you know, I don't subscribe to all the fake news stuff. To me, that's just their way of denying stuff that's uncomfortable for them. Yeah. So I can't resist. What do you think about Glenn Greenwald? Uh, I don't really know much about him, to be honest. I mean, I know he was the one that interviewed Edward Snowden. Yeah. I yeah. know that he runs theintercept.com. Uh, yeah. He lives in Brazil. and he, You know a he, lot about him. <laughs> well, I, know, I know he lives in Brazil and I know that he's gay. Uh, uh, obviously that's got nothing to do with anything, the fact that he's gay, but it's just something that I heard one time. Yeah. Um, but um, the fact that he uh, interviewed Edward Snowden, the fact that he helped to break those stories, the, um, the fact that he wrote a book about it, I mean, that tells me that he's a pretty good journalist. Uh, uh, thank you. I was just going to say that because he's one of those guys that he'll, he'll tell you the truth if it hurts you or not, or even if he doesn't like it, you know, I find it, find him to be probably one of the only objection. What do you call it? No, objective, 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 objective guys out there. You know, right. he's kind of like my benchmark, you know, we want to know the opposite of fake news. Look at Glenn, Glenn Greenwald first and then yeah. look at the others, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, do you read the intercept.com? Cause that's his website, his news website. Sometimes, sometimes, but I, I usually, you know, follow him in Twitter and uh, I'm trying to stay away from Twitter now because it's just such such childish stuff now. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all it's all the it's all the Trump supporters versus the anti-Trump supporters. Yeah, and so. it's it's like um, what do you call it? Drama queens everywhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, conservatives yeah. uh, uh, versus the liberal snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, snowflake is is the one that sticks. All of my friends in Facebook 
you know, some of my best friends are Democrats, okay? But they hate it when you call them snowflakes. Okay, anyways, that's a tangent, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm a liberal, and so yeah. when people call me a snowflake, I, I take it as a badge of honor. I say, well, yeah. if, if you want to call me that, fine, go ahead. I don't care. Oh, but this is a good tangent because, you know, there's a different meaning of the word in America than in Europe. Well, in, see, uh, I, I, I was always under the impression that it meant that you were easily offended. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean snowflake or liberal? Yeah, snowflake. Oh no, I, I mean I mean the liberal word. Liberal, liberal is um, different meanings. Exactly, exactly. So in America, that's why they're using now libertarian uh, or classic liberal. And now in America, liberal just means like kind of like left, you know, liberal progressive. Hollywood, Hollywood elite. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. The George Clooney's of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, he made a, a interesting film called Syriana, which was very regime critical in in the Obama times. So I was very surprised he did that. I was saying, hmm, hmm, that guy must be a libertarian now. I don't know. <laughs> but in yeah. in Europe, liberal, uh, they use it's, they still use the classic definition of the word, right? Uh. I don't know, to be honest. I'm not. Yeah. I've tried following German politics, but um, mm. I can't say that I understand German politics too well, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the idea of a liberal in Britain, for example, mm. I think is different to a liberal in Germany. Hmm. So yeah. you know, uh, you know, as I say, I try to follow all these things, but there's obviously very subtle differences depending on every country. Yeah, so. yeah but see, that's why we are both in Germany, and uh, I find it we have to get the definitions right before we even talk to people. I was talking to some Spanish friends, and liberal in Spain is more like what we in America would call libertarian. Yeah, so it's interesting. But libertarian uh, isn't that people who believe that. And shouldn't get involved in anything kind of also so so um now we're on the edge of my knowledge right so libertarian <laughs> they made libertarian up because the word liberal was being used wrong in america liberal does doesn't mean left-leaning at all but now it does and so libertarian was for the um they call them for example thomas jefferson libertarians you know people that are really into the constitution and nothing else limited powers of government so that's mm -hmm. one way of summing it up very good so ronald reagan was a a, a libertarian politician they say but um, if we we wanted to get down to this we would have to check out charles tips and that site quora have you ever used quora.com yeah i've looked at it every now and then but again it's one of these sites that you know you just you, you look at it and you read it and you think god i could be here all day reading all this oh yeah so, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so eventually i just kind of don't bother going there so yeah but, but yeah it looks quite interesting yeah i i like quora i've actually sold books in quora you answer some questions and nonchalantly put your link in there and it works nonchalantly yeah it works yeah you can't be too yeah salesy yeah you know you have to provide value you have to answer the question and then you're totally allowed to put links to your stuff there you're totally allowed to uh -huh. but, yeah so um anyways back to you what's your number one tip for beginning authors my number one tip um it's going to get hard so don't give up okay and also, uh, the writing gets better if you're drunk. <laughs> so you get more inspired or what? Are you a wine well, drinker? Well, let's, let's just say the words flow better and yeah. your, your typing gets faster and mm. you're much happier. Yeah, yeah. So you drink wine or what? <laughs> uh, so I don't drink that much, you know. Mm. So when I say, you know, write well drunk, I mean, to me, that's it's more tongue in cheek, you know. So I don't yeah. really, I don't really drink so much. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I might have the occasional beer, but uh, apart from that, I don't really drink. Uh, right, you know, I think right. the, most of the time, the strongest I drink is probably Coca Cola, <laughs> <laughs> which Not you know bad. makes me really makes me sound like a wimp, you know. No, well, you know, I'm a family man. I don't drink as much anymore i think the strongest thing i drink now is bailey's coffee you know <laughs> so. all right well i mean I, I mean my wife and i have the occasional bailey's so you know yeah. it's quite nice there you go there you go so so tell us where we can reach you all our listeners and readers out there uh well okay there's markoneal.org and there is facebook.com slash online 
mm-hmm. which is my Facebook presence, mm-hmm. and then twitter.com slash Mark O'Neill, which is mm-hmm. my Twitter home, and instagram.com slash Mark O'Neill under slash author. Okay, and what's the name of your new book and where can we get it? It's on pre-sale? It's on pre-sale. It's called Above the Law, and you can get it on Amazon, iBooks, Kobo, Nook, everywhere. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. I see we've hit the one-hour mark, and uh, the one-hour mark. And uh, so I respect your time, and I want to reserve you for a Facebook Live, Dame Next. Okay, sounds cool. Good. Yeah, thank you very much, and I will see you at the top. Okay. <laughs> Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.